that's what matters relationships people love and connection and if your intuition can guide you to do that and to live that way and to get more juice out of life it's worth following hey you you're listening to not yet the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery i'm your host Paige polk I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Not Yet podcast, the project about self-knowing and spirituality and how the tools that you'll build to get to know yourself are the tools that'll get you to your liberation. I am with a very special guest today. Her name is Tori Hoffman. Hey, Tori. Hi. (laughs) Uh, And Tori is a phenomenal human and a perfect person for today's topic, which is all about intuition. Tori is an international spiritual coach who empowers women to remember their divinity and live an authentic life. She believes that everyone has a spark of God within them. So she works to create opportunities for individuals to recognize such power within themselves. Women come to Tori when they're ready to ditch people-pleasing and burnout to live and love authentically. Love is at the core of everything she teaches, so Tori brings that into her sessions, focusing on life purpose, womanhood, and authentic living. Thank you for having me. I'm just um, overjoyed to be here, so thank you. Of course. I'm so glad to have you here. How does it feel to hear your bio read back to you like that? It feels like I'm taking like an energetic shower. Like it just feels so in alignment uh, with where I am. And, you know, it's always just nice to be reminded of your purpose of what you're doing. And it re-inspires you and just refreshes you. So it felt very good in my body to hear back. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And what I love about your bio, um, as someone who reads a lot of bios, uh, is that it speaks to the work that you do. And it also speaks to the person that you are, that where your work is rooted in. And I'm curious to hear a little bit of the story about who you are that got you to that beautiful bio. Thank you. Yeah. So I am a spiritual coach as you so lovingly read and described. And I, it was a journey to get here like everything else and who I am today. It obviously always wasn't that way. I, for most of my life, I was an overachiever and a people pleaser. And I was always very intuitive, but I was using my intuition differently growing up. And what I was doing, using my intuition for was I was very good at knowing my environment. I was very good at knowing what people expected of me, what people wanted of me. And I knew how to contort myself into different ways to please them and to win. (laughs) I was really competitive too, for a good portion of my life. And so, um, I ended up moving 
in a direction that was really awesome, externally focused. So it was, I was thriving in ways that everyone says you should thrive. So I graduated college. I had a great job, especially right after college. And I was making a lot of money and I had promises of, you know, getting promoted and things were looking really good and things externally looked awesome, but I was miserable. (laughs) And it's just because I was chasing this sort of external world, thinking that that would make me happy. And I was at this place where everyone was telling me how great I was doing, but yet I was sitting there thinking, is this it? Like, is this why I came here? Is this, is this life? Like, because if so, it's not that great. It's really not. I don't really understand. And what that led into was a mental breakdown as slash. I love this. I know. (laughs) Slash spiritual awakening because they go hand in hand. Um, I think it is Elizabeth Gilbert and Glennon Doyle talk about this. They talk about like the bathroom floor moments, like the moments when you're crying on the bathroom floor, like your lowest of low. Those are the moments when God speaks to you and the trajectory of your life seems to change. And so I had my own, I guess, bathroom floor moments (laughs) and my I had this spiritual awakening and I realized that I was living a life that I didn't love, um, that didn't suit me, that didn't make me happy. And if I was going to be here, I might as well be happy while I'm here. So I ended up making lots of different choices and decisions, but it was really a journey of learning about myself, learning who I was, learning what my passions are, what my gifts are, and truly what lights me on fire. And what I found was that the things that you are most interested in, those are your gifts you're here to share with the world because because you're interested in them, you're good at them (laughs) naturally. And so Instead of being externally focused, obsessed with what the world wanted of me, I pivoted and switched my focus internal to see what I could share with the world and who I was. And when I did this, my life changed piece by piece. And there were a lot of decisions that I had to make where I really used my intuition because when you're operating from this place of not taking cues from the external world, your only voice to listen to is intuition. That is your guide and that is your North Star. So I had to become really keen and good at following that intuition to get me to where I am. And where I am now, I mean, you read my bio. I I love helping women. And it's just a joy to watch women realize how powerful they are, that they don't have to live in the mess of things, that they don't have to hate their life. They don't have to be burnt out, that they can 
enjoy their life because <laughs> it's so special to be here um, and to be alive is such a gift. And when women start to sort of wake up and realize that and come into their own and knowing their own passion, skills, talents, it's um, there's no words. It's just amazing. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of the gifts and passions that you're funneling yourself into right now in service of others are very similar to challenges and breakthroughs you've had in your own life. Absolutely. Um, They definitely are. And it's, I think it's because when you go through certain challenges and you come out the other side, it feels so rich that you just have to share it. It's like, it would be like a sin to keep it to myself. (laughs) Like I have to give it away. I have to. And I truly believe that. I would say though, that it is important. One thing that I do hold strong to in my coaching is if I'm moving through something and I'm still growing through something, I will not teach it. I will not talk about it because it's still being formulated in my own mind. And I need to be on the other side of something to be able to talk clearly about it. That is so interesting. So you work from a space of hindsight uh, rather than we're in this journey at the exact same time in the exact same way. My experience will always be different than someone else's experience. And to assume that they're the same would be um, limiting to that other person. And my job as a guide is to provide questions and experiences for individuals to navigate their own experience in their own way. And I suppose I operate from hindsight, but I also would say that I'm definitely in a journey too. And everyone's journey is different. And the places that I feel strongly about and the places that I've healed, I talk about and I teach. That definitely resonates um, because, well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tori is also my spiritual coach and we've worked together for over a year (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is giving so much clarity for me and like our own journey working together. And can you share, this isn't exactly on the subject of intuition, but I do think a certain degree of self-knowing you have to have when you're deciding on collaborators or people that you're going on a journey with in whatever way it may be. Uh, Can you share either a moment or an idea uh, that really resonated with you before we started working together for us to walk together? As a general rule for my practice, I actually will not work with people who I don't think I can serve. And so I have actually turned some people away and I don't just turn them away and shut the door. I say, here are other resources that I think might support you better at this time, because my job is truly genuinely to be a healer. And if I believe that there's a different avenue that can help someone, I'm going to offer that for sure. Uh, Because 
it doesn't matter whether or not people work with me. (laughs) It just matters that people continue to walk their journey in bravery. And when I met you, Paige, it the feeling that I get when I know I'm supposed to work with someone, I feel it in my bones, like in my bones, I know. And even from speaking with you, I was very honestly impressed. I was impressed by your wisdom and where you were spiritually, even when we first started working together. I know you're, you know, you've grown so much since then, but even then I was very impressed with how you were viewing the world and what you wanted for yourself. And this is bringing me, I suppose, to the key point where your desires for your life were soulful. You genuinely wanted to know yourself and you genuinely wanted to operate in a way and be in the world in a way that honors who you are and shares your gifts. And that is a soulful soulful desire. And those are the people I'm drawn to and want to work with. And it uh, just clicked (laughs) and it was um, a beautiful journey and such a joy to watch your own unfoldment through the process because, you know, there's lots of things that look like ups and downs, but ultimately you were growing the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, what? I feel so warm. Like my belly's all all warm hearing you say that um because you truly are such a a light you are such a light and and like you're so filled with love you ever just meet people you're just like wow my my heart is smiling (laughs) my heart is smiling being with this person that's how I feel when I'm with you so it means a lot to hear you say that um and I know I said this doesn't have much to do with the topic of intuition, but that feels very intuitive to me, that ability to trust yourself in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I love you too, Paige. You know this, you know, I love you. And it's been a joy to walk with you through that process. And it's a joy to talk with you now and collaborate. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, well, We've been saying the I word quite a bit here, uh, but could you break down what exactly intuition is before we dive into the topic? Yes. Okay. So intuition is, I think it, um, everyone has a different experience of their intuition. And I think that's important to say, but my definition of intuition is that it's an inner knowing and an inner GPS and guidance system that is in alignment with who your soul is, who you incarnated on this earth to be, the gifts that you have to share. Your intuition knows more than your conscious mind knows because it's beyond your conscious mind. It's our bridge into the spiritual universe. Um, Some in Christianity, they call this the Holy Spirit speaking. So God speaking to you. It's the same concept, just different words. And your intuition will speak to 
you in a different way. So there's several different types of intuition, and I'm going to break those down because I think it's helpful. So clairvoyance is the intuition where you can see things. So you can see beyond what your eyes can see. So if you've ever had a vision, or even if you have actually consciously seen a spirit or a Um, energy, that is clairvoyance. Another form is clairaudience, which is listening. So it's when you hear an inner voice speaking to you, or some people actually hear an outside voice speaking to them. Um, I've heard of that. I've never experienced it. It sounds a little scary, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've experienced that can happen. this. It can be a little scary. <laughs> yeah, that, that can happen as well. Um, and there's also claircognizance, which is an inner knowing. So it means that you just know something and you don't know how you can't explain it. And that probably feels sort of funky to you because people will probably ask you to explain yourself, but you just know it's true. And that is claircognizance. And so that five times fast, I, I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is clairsentience, which is feeling. So feeling like when we were talking, Paige, feeling that warmth, that love in your heart. Um, When you meet that special person and you're just drawn to them uh, or you feel good about something or something feels light or something just doesn't feel right. It feels heavy. It feels dark. Um, Those are all the different ways our intuition can speak to us. And I would say when people are developing their intuition, it's a journey. And one of these might be strong, most strong for you initially, but as you continue to develop your intuition, you can branch into all of them. So everyone has access to all these different types of clairs. <laughs> and it's the same access point that psychics use. So when you see a psychic, they don't have any type of special power or magic that they're using on you. They just have really strengthened their intuition and can hear it very well. So it sounds like everyone has the same... I guess I would say capacity to everyone has the same capacity to experience the clairs. And it also sounds like it's a mixture of gifts and practice practice when you're developing them. Is, am I hearing that right? Yes. Yeah. Every single person has an intuition. Although Personally, I believe that women have a way stronger intuition than men. Um, I believe it's connected to our ability to give birth. Um, I've never read that anywhere, but it's just how I feel. <laughs> and But everyone does have the capacity and everyone also has the capacity to build this knowledge system. I, I, wonder, I wonder how much of that is how much our society allows certain people, like especially women, especially cis women, to experience their emotions. Because I believe that intuition is very strongly tied to what we allow ourselves to feel in our bodies. 
for me, my experience of intuition is it's, it's not connected to my emotions, but it is connected to sensations in my body. So I would definitely agree with that part. I would also say that intuition, learning about your intuition, it's not taught. It's absolutely not taught. And it's actually, um, you're taught quite the opposite. You're taught to plan and organize and think ahead and do um, everything in the external world. Our society is very external externally based. And we don't teach people how to go inside. We don't teach people how to access these gifts. We don't teach people how to navigate also the difference between intuition and ego. Um, We, and we also, to your point about emotions, we do not teach people how to feel their emotions, how to use their emotions to help them and how to move beyond them. Yeah, and that's all. You could you could write a whole dissertation. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, a whole could. dissertation and beyond on the just the difference between intuition and ego. So just have all of these aspects of our experience on this earth. I want to say be intangible because it's not even an intangible experience. It's just having the freedom and the space. To explore that, I think is a gift and also something that I want for every single person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about tribal times too, they didn't have the news to tell them when a storm was coming or, you know, when a volcano was going to erupt or anything like that. What they had was their intuition. And that's what they leaned on. And actually, if you go to indigenous cultures, it's still very widely practiced. And we've just lost touch with that. And if you think about the difference between intuition and ego, ego is that external mindset that I was speaking of. Ego is everything that... um, you read on the news, ego is everything that you, that your personality believes is right. And your intuition is not bound by any of that. Your intuition is limitless in nature. I love that you use the word personality because personality and ego for me are very, very closely tied together. Um, Speaking as someone who has built a personality around certain like definitions of success, whether it is visibility or it's accolades or it's um, getting an education in a certain place and in a certain time or making a certain amount of money. Like I personally have developed an identity around things that have absolutely nothing to do with me. And my journey to understanding my intuition is to recognize that this identity that I fabricated is not me. Yes. Um, I loved how you said personality and ego are closely tied and people don't want to hear this, but they are the same because if something can change, it is not you and our personalities can change. What does that mean though? That means that you can 
grow to become a nicer person, grow to become a more loving person, grow to experience more joy. So there's, there's a lot of goodness there. Um, but truly, um, yeah, if it's involved or tied up in your personality or your identifications with what work is, what success is, what, um, any of those big labels are, um, it's, it's not you and it's not your intuition. I'm going to write that down on a post-it. If something can change, it's not you because it can apply in so many situations. Like, yeah. like literally even writing an email to someone <laughs> uh, with someone asking if I'm available to do something where I don't actually feel like I have capacity. You can like, if something can change, it's not me. If something can change, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll actually riff for a second. Um, because who you are is spirit, is eternal. And so, for example, if I said, can you let go of anger? Can you let go of jealousy? Can you let go of um, annoyance? Yeah. But if I said, can you let go of love? No. So it's a, it's a great question to ask yourself to figure out, is this me or is this not me? And a helpful tip um, is when a situation happens that rocks you, react from that place of eternality. React from that place of knowing who you are and who you are is constant react from love because love is your core. So can you speak a little bit more about, uh, about that? Because I feel like that's really important for people to hear. So when something happens that knocks you off, that you're unexpected, that you're not expecting or really challenges you Mm -hmm. to be honest about not only who you are, but what you want, you're saying to react from that eternality. Yeah. So react from the place of what is true. So the best way, because it's very high level what I'm speaking about. So the best way I think I can do is give you an example. And this is a personal share. So I had a situation happen with my mother this past year. And uh, as, you know, family members do, she um, really railed into me one night, like railed into me. And I've done enough practice where I know that responding and yelling back is not helpful responding and yelling back, it does not benefit the situation. So what I did was I'm like, I got to get connected to my truth. I got to get connected to my essential eternal nature. So I took it to my meditation pillow. And what I realized was what is true. I love my mom and I just love her. I also, this is a big one. I also don't need her to love me back for me to love her. I just want to love her. And that is it. And I'll do things like protect myself. I can leave the room if I need to, but I love her. And so the distance between the upset that I was feeling from that um, situation to loving her, 
I needed to cross that bridge to get back to loving her. And then I brought that to her when me and her interacted again. And what happened was when I saw her next, I was just loving all over her and she was just crying and saying how sorry she was. And she was just crying. And I was actually holding her and comforting her. So that is power because it didn't, we didn't like not talk for two months. We didn't have like a crazy falling out. It was solved because I reacted from the timeless, from the eternal. And the eternal truth is I love her. That shows so much patience and also so much self-knowing because I feel that the people that are closest to us in our lives are the people that, those are the ones that can trigger our ego the most. Yeah, that's why they're there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I truly believe that we chose who we incarnate with. So we chose our parents, we chose our siblings, we chose many of the things that have happened to us, even the dark things. And the reason is because we knew, okay, we're coming in to grow. I'm not coming to earth to be the same. Like, I I suppose I could stay in space if I wanted to do that. You know, Um, I came to earth to grow, to love and to do that. We need challenges. We need triggers. We need that stuff. Yeah. You just gave such a huge tip for strengthening your intuition. (laughs) And it feels so strongly tied to um, going back to yourself. Yeah. It has to be in your... You, everyone needs to get very acquainted with themselves and people are afraid of that. That's why many people don't like meditation. Um, But meditation is the way to understand yourself, to know yourself, to know the difference between your ego and your intuition. And um, that the way to know that difference is unique to everyone and it's practice. And once you do know the difference, life becomes easier, okay? You avoid so many pitfalls. Like, um, I mean, a great example is, simple example was yesterday, I went to the grocery store and my intuition was telling me to get butternut squash. And I'm thinking, I've already got a butternut squash at home. Why do I need another one? I don't really understand. But I'm like, okay. So I picked up my butternut squash and I brought it home. Turns out when I got home, my butternut squash was bad. It was soiled on the inside. And I'm like, okay. So I have fresh butternut squash right here. And it's because I'm receptive to that voice now and I can hear it all the time. Um, And it's just, it allows people to move through their lives with greater ease. It's so important to have this GPS uh, because it knows truly what is best for you, even when you don't know. I love that you use an example of something small, like what you're getting from the grocery store, because that really hones in on the fact that your intuition 
isn't only going to show up when you have huge life altering decisions to make. It shows up in the everyday moments. It shows up in those small moments. And something I've heard you say is that when you're building that practice, it's important to start in those small spaces. Yes. Yes. When you're just starting using your intuition, ask yourself, what should I wear today? Clothing wise, you know, what should ask yourself about food? Food is a wonderful way to build your intuition. Um, and those small decisions and begin to slowly build. And eventually you'll be more comfortable and that voice will be much more clear. Something you said earlier is really coming back for me about how you said you personally don't experience your intuition through the lens of your emotions. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about, um, like I view my emotions as data. It's like my, my body and my brain showing me how I'm responding to a situation, uh, which is still informative, which is still important. And I've, thought about my intuition as something completely external, but still experienced within my body. Do you have any, like any knowledge you can share about differentiating between what those two things can be? Which two things? Uh, Emotions and intuition. I think, yes, I'm going to answer your question in a bit of a different way, if that's all right. I'll talk about what intuition's like for me. And my intuition is loving. It always speaks to me in a loving tone. It's never threatening. It's never saying, do this now or the world will crumble, you know, or you missed your shot. It's never that. It's always loving and it's patient. Uh, My intuition, it speaks to me in a way that says, you could do this or yeah, you could do that other thing, but I'm kind of saying you should do this. It's clear and abrupt, so it's short. So it'll say things like, go, stay, forgive her, yes, no. Um, And it will also, (laughs) I would say about 95, maybe 98% of the time, my intuition is telling me something I don't want to do. (laughs) And that is why it's not connected to my emotions because um, no one wants to hear you from your intuition, forgive her. No one wants to hear there's certain things um, and choices that I've had that I've made based off my intuition that I did not want to do. My personality construct did not want to engage it, but I learned to trust that knowing and that voice and I started to do it. And then years later, time later, I'm like, oh, that's why. So uh, that's why uh, it's a little bit separate for me than my emotions, because sometimes it's not always a joy filled, intuitive hit, but it always is loving. That's a key distinction between joy and love. Um, That's another one that I, I would love to break down but that's a whole podcast episode (laughs) yeah yeah because when we're on our self-healing journey we're on our awakening journey we're having that emotional breakdown and having ourselves rise like the mighty phoenix 
it's so much fun to hear that every step of the way is going to be joy filled. Mm-hmm. And every step of the way is going to be fun. And every step towards your healing is going to feel, this is such a base word, but good. Mm-hmm. But something feeling right and something feeling healthy and something feeling expansive will not always feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would almost argue, at least my experience is that it actually doesn't feel good in the beginning. You resist it. And then, but then if you choose to say yes to it and walk it, you understand why. And then it's joy and then it's play. Um a great example is my intuition has given me lots of things, but one of the most impactful ones is it told me to get sober two years ago and I didn't want to get sober. Why would I want to get sober? <laughs> like I loved wine. I didn't understand. And I, um, but, and getting sober was hard. It was hard, but there was this part that called to me and I just knew it was important. And now that I don't drink, it's my whole world is different. My whole life has changed. And I don't think that would have been possible if I was still drinking. And there's many other examples of, you know, my intuition, but yeah, it's um, usually something you don't want to do, but it's, um, there's a part of you that knows it's right. I had a, a similar, a similar moment. It wasn't about my, it wasn't about sobriety, but it was about a long standing relationship that I had, um, with my childhood best friend. Uh, she and I met in the fifth grade and were incredibly close through college and even afterward, while we were living in different parts of the country, uh, spoke to each other every day, every update that we had, we would share. Uh, we knew each other's families, incredibly tight knit. And um, as with most relationships that have lasted that long, we also had our fair share of challenges, of, and but still a deep rooted respect and love for one another. And uh, in my early 20s, that relationship fizzled away. Um, in hindsight, I can say that I didn't have the emotional capacity to be that, to be what she needed Mm. in a friend in that moment. And I don't want to speak for her, but I wasn't receiving what I needed in a friend in that moment. And if there was a huge conflict, like emotional conflict of this longstanding relationship that has meant so much to me and filled so many cups for me in the past, no longer being what I needed. And I didn't even know how to confront that with myself. And so I also couldn't confront it with her either. So we just slowly dissipated into one of the most painful breakups I've had in my entire life. And years didn't go by. Years went by after this. And I was meditating, oddly enough. I was meditating, um, And sometimes I walk into a meditation practice with uh, a focus 
or with a, a topic that I want to un, uncover or discover. But this time in particular, it was just my regular daily like reset. And I heard this voice, like I was telling you earlier, like I heard a voice in my head that said, call her. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> mm-hmm. whoa, was like that's weird, whatever. And then I went back to my meditation. I was like, that was, that was a fluke. There's no way I'm hearing things. And I kept meditating. And then the voice said, call her, and like really loud in my head. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so I sent I sent an email to her because I was like, I don't know about all this. Like, I don't want to just call because I don't know. It's 2021. You don't just call people, um, <laughs> even though my, my intuition was telling me to. So I sent her an email, very short, but very to the point and very honest. Of like, hey, I love you and I've always loved you. And I'm sorry for not being what you, what you needed in that moment. And I'm even more sorry for not speaking with you about what was going on with me. Like you deserved more than that. Our friendship deserved more than that. And if you're open, I would love to speak with you again. And then I sent that email. I was like, there's no way she's responding to my email. <laughs> and then an hour later, I see something pop into my inbox and she's like, I'm so glad that you shared this. I've been thinking about you, but I knew that I felt that I couldn't speak to you first, that you'd have to speak to me first. And to see this heals so much in me and I would be thrilled to speak with you. Mm-hmm. And it was so disorienting in the moment because that's like 20 years of friendship that I was, that I allowed already to drift away. And something about the... Something about how big the friendship was and how much it meant to me made it even harder for my ego to come back and to apologize. Because in my brain, I was like, okay, well, I shut the door on this big thing. I can't be a pussy and go back because then I'll have to admit that I was wrong. And looking back on this experience, it's, it, I know it wasn't about me admitting I was wrong It was about me being open to receiving love. And I see that my ability to receive love in that relationship was very strongly correlated to my ability to receive love in all of my other relationships Mm. with my family, with my other friends, with my partners, with myself. And that was just such a strong, poignant moment for me in my history Mm -hmm. to acknowledge a shift in me and All of this is to say props to intuition because it is undoubtedly changing my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and that absolutely was a pivotal moment for you. I can, I can hear it. I can feel it as you're speaking. Um, and I'd say too, like, what happened with your ego there is a part of your ego died when the ego has to admit that it's wrong. A part of it's like loses power and that coincides and coexists with the being open to love because naturally those two things have to coexist. So it's like that ah, painful, but then expansion that feels amazing. <laughs> 
that's exactly how it felt. It was very painful. And then the moment that, even before she responded, honestly, it felt good to just share it. Like it wasn't even about her response. Yeah. It was about my acknowledgement of my own growth and, and sharing that with people that I love. That was so monumental for me. It was genuine. It was soulful. It was authentic. Um, I love that. And I love that share. And that's just such a beautiful example of the many different ways um, intuition can serve us. I mean, and look, it resurrected a friendship that had been gone for some period in time. And like, what are we doing here on this earth? You know, like we're doing that. We're doing like, that's what matters. Relationships, people, love and connection. And if your intuition can guide you to do that and to live that way and to get more juice out of life, then it's worth following. Absolutely. It's always worth following. It's all, even when you're not too excited about it (laughs) or it seems really confusing because it's something you haven't done before. Um, Yeah. And I love what you said about your intuition, that it's always loving and that it's always patient. Um, Yes. Always patient. Um, Cause I'll argue with my intuition and I'll say like, I don't want to do that. And what I'll get back is like, okay, that's fine. Like you can find out why. <laughs> you know? And I have also heard, you know, I've heard that. And then I've also heard, yeah, you could go that other direction, but you're going to end up here anyways. So you might as well take the left that I'm advising. Um, and I, I think that's a really a beautiful um, criteria to sort of measure against what what are the insights that you're having, the thoughts that you're having about what are they in line with truly. You've given our listeners some actionable steps towards self-awareness and honoring their intuition, things like acknowledging that your intuition is always going to be compassionate and loving to you, recognizing the difference between um, ego or personality um, um, and intuition. And I wonder if there's anything that's really sitting on your heart uh, to share when it comes to building your intuition, understanding your intuition and walking in line with it. Yeah, so there's definitely some practical tips you could use and take away. And uh, the first one's meditation. Sit down, get on your butt, meditate, breathe, because uh, uh, that's how you take your focus off your external world and begin to reorient. Who am I? What do I want? What am I here to do? And the only way you can ever, 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 ever answer those questions that are in alignment with you is through getting still. So that would be the first tip. The second one would be, it's more of like a tactical tip. Um, And I found it very helpful, actually. So it's by removing fluoride from your um, consumption, I guess. So toothpaste and from, you know, mouthwash, because fluoride 
you, you can look this up online. What it does over time is it actually calcifies your pituitary gland, which is where the source of your intuition lives. So by removing that, that will help. And also keeping your body healthy. So moving your body, getting out of your mental mind and getting into what it feels like to breathe, what it feels like to feel the wind on your skin. Um, Also exercise and like physical activity. And the last tip that people don't want to hear, but it's true. Um, reduce or omit from alcohol and drugs. If you really want to know yourself and you really want to get clear on your intuition, stimulants block that and they will prevent you from doing that. So if you remove that from your life, you will know yourself better. And that's why actually in the beginning, I said I was told to get sober and my life changed because um, I realized who I was. And I didn't realize how much um, different, um, you know, how much alcohol was affecting me, but it does. And I think the last tip I can give is there's, you know, different intuitive meditations you can do that'll help. So we have energetic points all throughout our body that serve us, that stimulate different parts of our brain. And some of those points are on the tips of your fingers. And so if you take your thumb and you touch your ring finger, so, and you create sort of like an O between your thumb and your ring finger, and you can either just tap that point or hold it and sit in meditation, holding that position. In Kundalini yoga, it's taught with um, your elbows bent and your forearms tucked into your sides and body. And uh, your hands almost look like little deer antlers, like forward. But you could sit just resting with your hands on your lap as well. So sitting like that, that'll activate your intuition. And you can also tap lightly your third eye with your... um, middle finger, not your pointer finger. And those are just some sort of tactile little tools that I think are very helpful. I appreciate the tangible tools because it can be so easy when you're talking about something as expansive as intuition to be very airy and up in the clouds, which is necessary, you know, like, (laughs) like I love, I live in the clouds. I love it up there. Um, and also having some grounding practices has been crucial for me when it comes to, um, really hearing who I am. Yeah. Yeah. True. Me too. Also. (laughs) Yeah. So you shared some intuition building practices. Can you share one practice that's helping you discover who you are in this chapter of your life? It actually is related to intuition and it's life visioning. Um, I do this a lot with my clients and I do it with myself and visioning is different than visualizing um, where if you're familiar with like the world of manifesting, visualizing is where you picture what you want and you feel it, you feel into that image, you maybe create a vision board, you imagine yourself having it, and then it naturally attracts to you. Visioning goes a step beyond that. And visioning is where I recognize that my conscious mind only knows 
what it knows. So it only knows what I've experienced, what I've seen other people do. And it's essentially a mirror to my world and who I'm meant to be is so much beyond all of that. So visioning is where I go into a meditation and I ask myself empowering questions and I let my intuition respond and answer it for me. So I go beyond what I think is best and I tap into what spirit knows is best. I have participated in some of Tori's visioning sessions and I can say that at the very, very least, it is so healing to have an intentional time that's dedicated to you spending time with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to you for holding that space for, for myself and also for yourself and your other coaching clients. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a joy. And uh, I think it's helpful to strengthen that knowledge of who you are and what, what you're meant to do and be and shine in this world. Yeah. Yes. So what are you doing right now that is helping you fulfill that mission? So I'm super excited. I'm launching or I just launched a women's group called the Divine Women's Way. And it's all about helping women transition out of pleasing, out of validation seeking, out of that experience that obsession with the external world and go inside and learn who they are, what is their light that they have to share. And it's really cool because I've been, I think, creating this project for years, I genuinely believe, because throughout six months, I'm going to take women through various topics that they've probably never explored within themselves. Um, topics like their connection to nature, their sexuality, um, busting bad habits that they have, and also their relationship to their intuition and channeling their spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about all of it. And again, like we said, actually, in the beginning, we were like, people don't teach this stuff. Like, where are people supposed to learn this? And so I've created a container for it <laughs> and I'm super thrilled about it. And actually, I'm also excited to say that if you're listening and you're still here, you I'm offering a very special promo for the not yet listeners. And Yay! They, yeah, <laughs> and they can use code, the code not yet for 50 percent off. Wow, that is so generous, Tori. I'll put that in the show notes so that uh, people can access that program and I'll put the promo code in as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm excited. And uh, this was, this was awesome. Thank you, Paige. Oh, thank you, Tori. This was awesome. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode or you know someone who would really benefit from this conversation, please forward the episode. And as Tori mentioned, listeners get a special 50% off her Divine Women's Way program. This program is a container that she's offering for women who are 
developing their spirituality and their spiritual practice. And I'll actually be collaborating with Tori in this program. And if you, uh, if you purchase access to this program, you'll also get a six month free membership to the not yet digital community. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of not yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.